Welcome to B2B Writing Success, the podcast on building a thriving business as a business-to-business writer or copywriter. B2B Writing Success is brought to you by American Writers and Artists, Inc. Now here's your host, copywriting expert and business coach, Steve Slonwhite. Hello, fellow B2B writers and copywriters. I hope you had a great week with your business. This week, I want to talk about the topic of should you work with a low-paying client? Uh, This topic came up on a Facebook group page just earlier today where someone was posting a conversation between himself and a prospect for his writing services. And the prospect clearly was a low-paying client. And he was asking the group, would you take on this client? So should you work with a low-paying client? And I don't mean low-paying client, a client that pays embarrassingly low rates like peanuts. Uh, I don't recommend you ever write 1,000-word blog posts for companies at $10 each or anything like that. I'm talking about legitimate clients, otherwise good clients, but for whatever reason, they don't have the budget or the willingness to pay your full rates for your projects. For example, let's say you get an inquiry from a company, and they're a good company. They seem like a good company. The person you're talking to seems like a a reputable professional, a good person, and they want your help in writing a case study. And your fee for case studies, let's say, is normally $1,000. And they go, no, no, no. Our budget is only $500 for case studies. We cannot go above that. That's all we can do. We need an 800 to 900 word case study along with the interview with the customer and our and our price is $500. We can't change that. So let's say you have a situation like that. Should you take on a low paying client like that? Now, the general advice you'll hear from uh, more experienced copywriters like me is no, you shouldn't. You should uh, say no to low-paying fees and low-paying clients. You should walk away. You should hold your ground and uh, charge your professional rates at all times. Well, frankly, that's easy for experienced, successful copywriters to say, isn't it? <laughs> because we have a full schedule of clients and we've been at it for a while and and uh, we, we can easily say no to a low-paying client without a lot of consequences. However, you may be in a different situation. You may be just starting up your business and you have very few clients or maybe you don't have any clients. Okay, so you need clients in cash. You need the work. You need the work to get experience. You need the work to get a portfolio sample. You need the work to get a check, (laughs) a payment. You need the money. I mean, there's many other reasons why you might want to, it might be very difficult for you to say no to a low-paying client, and perhaps you shouldn't say no to that low-paying client in that situation. I remember years ago when I started in this business, back in the 1990s, where I didn't have very many clients. So I was, you know, struggling as a startup copywriting business, like everybody else struggles the first few months. And I took on a couple of clients that, frankly, were not the best-paying clients. But I needed the clients, and I needed the cash. And I needed the experience, the portfolio sample, so I took the projects. Okay, and I can tell you that just about every copywriter, successful copywriter today that I know of, that I've ever spoken to, 
can tell you a very similar story when they started out. Okay, we've all taken low-paying clients at one time or another for many, any, any number of reasons. Okay, so you may run into this situation yourself. Should you take a low-paying client? I emphasize here, not a cheapo client, not a content mill wanting to pay you $10 to write a website. No, no. Otherwise, decent, real companies, good clients, but with a limited budget. Should you take on a client like that? Well, let me give you some questions to ask yourself in order to help you decide whether or not you should take on a low-paying client. Number one, besides the project and the low fee, what else is in it for you? What else is in it for you with this project? What else are you getting from this project besides the cash <laughs> Okay, and the experience? For example, maybe you should take on a low-paying client if they have a project that you want to get in your portfolio. Maybe it's a white paper project and you haven't taken on one of those projects yet and you think, wow, I can get, I can get this white paper done uh, for this client. Yes, it's a little paying, but I maybe get a testimonial from this client as well. I would do a good job and that's a piece I can put in my portfolio. So that could be a reason. Like, What else are you getting from it? Um, maybe uh, it's an opportunity to break into a new industry or niche. Maybe you're dying to break into the uh, software industry, for example, and this small software company, startup software company, contacts you, and they don't have a big budget, but they want you to write some marketing materials for them, and they have a limited budget, so they're, by definition, a low-paying client. But it's your doorway into the, into the software niche. You know, you get some samples and experience with them, and you can leverage that to get better clients in the software industry as you move forward. So that could be a reason. So ask yourself the question, besides just the project and the money, what else am I getting from this? Could be a testimonial, could be a piece from my portfolio, could be a chance to get some experience in a particular industry or niche, or it could be something else. Another question to ask yourself is, is this client likely to be high maintenance? I can tell you, unfortunately from experience, <laughs> that there's nothing worse than a low-paying client who is also high maintenance. Because not only are you working on his project for a fee that's below what you should be charging, but they're also high maintenance, which means they maybe they... They call a lot of meetings. They, they insist on having a lot of meetings and discussions. Or they're picky. They're really picky and they request a lot of revisions. And you do the revisions, but then they want the revisions done in another way. And then they want revisions on the revisions. And then they go back because they don't know what they want. Could be all kinds of reasons why a client could be high maintenance. And you can judge that fairly quickly. When you have a conversation with a prospect, whether they're going to be a high-maintenance uh, prospect or not, one clue is that if they listen to you, if they're constantly telling you what they want done, what they, what they want you to do, if they're treating you like a temp employee, chances are they're likely to be high-maintenance. But if they listen to you, listen to your advice, appreciate and, and respect your expertise, then chances are they could be a good client to work with. But that's an important question to answer because if it's a high-maintenance client, 
not only are you getting a low fee, but they're going to suck a lot of your time and energy as well, making the whole situation even worse. Okay, so ask yourself that question. Is the client likely to be high maintenance? Another question to ask is, is this a client that I'll otherwise enjoy working with? Okay, if it's a client where it's a low-paying client, but otherwise they're a good company, they're great people, you like what they do, the client's relatively low maintenance, they love your writing, you know, it's it's just really good work. If if you otherwise like like enjoy, you think you'll enjoy working with the client, then that can make it worthwhile for you. That can make it worth the unfortunate low fee. Yeah, you're making a low fee, but everything else about the client you enjoy. You like the projects, you like them, you have a great working relationship. Okay, uh, that could make it worthwhile taking on a low-paying client. Another question, this is actually a very important question. Is this going to be a re, uh, is this going to be repeat work? Repeat a repeat gig. For example, maybe it's um, you're being hired to write a bi-weekly email newsletter. So you're writing the same twice a month. And per newsletter, the fee may be lower than you really want. So it's a low-paying project. But it's a repeat project. And what that means is as you move forward with this project, as you write one newsletter after another after another, you are going to get faster and better. Faster means you're going to get the project done in less time. Better means that you're going to get less, uh, fewer requests for revisions. In fact, you may get to a point where you get no requests for revisions. You just write the newsletter and they just accept it as is because it's so good and so on target. If it's a repeat gig like that, then it might be worth taking on a low-paying project because it becomes profitable after a while. You get better and faster at it. Okay, so keep that in mind. And here's another question to ask yourself. Will taking on this project or this client impact my efforts for getting better paying clients? For example, if you take on a low-paying client, but there's a lot of work with this low-paying client, and they're going to take up a lot of your time, and you can have no time left over to do any decent prospecting and marketing to perhaps attract better-paying clients, you might want to think about your decision to take on that low-paying client. Because that low-paying client takes up all your time, or all the time you have left over after you work with your other clients, and you don't have time to... Uh, Look for better clients and build your business and prospect and do all the things you do to attract better paying clients, then you may end up being stuck in a situation where you have this low paying client and you get no new clients. Okay, so that's an important question to ask yourself. Will taking on this client, you know, impact my efforts to get better clients? Because ultimately you want to get better paying clients, right? And the final question to ask yourself is this. What will happen if I say no? What tragedy will befall me <laughs> if I say no? You know, let's say you really need the work. Let's say you only have one other client and you're struggling and you really need to get more work. What's going to happen if you say no to this low-paying client? 
Okay, are you going to starve? Are you going to lose your house? Or are things going to be sort of not too bad, and at least you'll have more time to go after better paying clients? You know, you can ramp up your prospecting and ramp up your networking and marketing and, and really go at it and, and hopefully attract some better paying clients. Maybe you can use your time for that. Okay. Or it could be the opposite. What will happen if you say if I say no? Could be that, well, then I, I won't make much money this month or maybe next month. And I really need that money. So uh, maybe I should say yes. Okay, I'm really stuck here. I gotta I maybe have to take on this low-paying client. And just like that old saying, uh, when it comes to dating, you have to kiss a lot of frogs before you find your prince. Sometimes you gotta take on some low-paying clients before you can get some better paying clients. That's just a reality of growing your business. Okay. Um, I I hope you never have to take on a low-paying client, but the reality is chances are you will every once in a while. So ask yourself that question, what will happen if I say no? And if the consequences of saying no aren't so bad, maybe you should walk away and give yourself that time in that room to find a better paying client. So those are some of my thoughts and some questions to ask yourself uh, in answer to that question, should you work with a low paying client? There's no simple answer. But if you ask yourself those questions, it may give you some clarity into deciding whether to say yes to that client or to walk away. So I'm Steve Slom White, and that's this week's B2B Writing Success. Thanks for joining me. And as a reminder, you could subscribe to this podcast on iTunes, or you can simply go to www.b2bwritingsuccess. You'll find all the past episodes right there. So until next week, have a great week with your B2B writing or copywriting business. We hope you enjoyed this edition of B2B Writing Success with Steve Slonwhite. For more tips on building a thriving B2B writing business, visit www.b2bwritingsuccess.com.